Now, since trade was the median that dominated the Red Sea, and the spread of Christianity, Christianity was automatic on the Red on the Red Sea side, by way of the Axum Kingdom of Ethiopia, according to Kevin Shillington in his book, The History of Africa, the aggressive internal expansion of Christianity came through the Ethiopian Zigwe dynasty. So we have Egyptians coming, um, coming from the north to Sudan with Islam in tow. And we have the Ethiopians from the south with Christianity in tow. And they are clashing. Families are fighting because of different ideologies. We see it now. Zingwe kings commanded a large army in Christian settlement and control pushed south of Lake Tana to the John. And new conquests were supported by a presence of missionaries. Hmm. Zigwe dynasty ruled Ethiopia from 1137 to 1270. This name derived from uh, the phrase Zagal, which means Agal, referring to the Agal family. Most scholars believe the beginning of the Zigwe, Zigwe dynasty came at the end of the Aksumite Empire in 960 AD. Political marriage was formed between the daughter of the last Aksumite king, uh, king. And however, most of the details of this information was lost. Most notable king was King Lalibela. Now, in 1189, King Gigwe Meskel Lalibela ascended to the throne as ruler of Ethiopia. He was a member of the Zigwe dynasty. He was born in Roja, and he was given the name Lalibela because of his miraculous swarm of bees hovering above his head, signifying that he would become the goose or king of Ethiopia. King Lalibela was soon exiled by his nephew, Naquito, the Ab, who wanted the throne for himself. This is the reason why. This is the reason why some scholars believe that Egypt would not fight them because they posed no threat. King left for Jerusalem. Some believe he had a vision of the city which motivated him to rebuild his homeland. Witnessing the devastation of Jerusalem, Alabella was inspired to become, to design a new holy city for God's people. According to Graham Hancock, King triumphantly returned with reinforcements. So, he had a vision of a holy city. Went to Jerusalem, came back with some Europeans. Oh boy. But in doing so, he was responsible for erecting 11 large stone edifices in Ethiopia in hopes that it would become the new Jerusalem. Hancock believed uh, that the architecture of the churches were more Gothic than East African. Which was again, the Europeans was, uh, was in Ethiopia looking for the Ark of the Covenant and Prester John. And pictures of men with red hair with Templar crosses on them in those East African churches. This gave way to constant communication between the Church of Ethiopia and the Holy Land. And after being in fellowship with the Egyptian Coptic Church, the Ethiopians would soon evolve to the, uh, their own religious system, which with its own individual characteristics. Some source of state. Sudan and Ethiopia pose no threat to Egypt, and the religions of Ethiopia are 
Christianity, Islam, and other East African beliefs. Christianity in Ethiopia is their most popular religion. And however, its climb to into prominence was not an easy one. The trail of East Africa maintained profitable trade between India and parts of Asia still. During the Crusades, trading between Ethiopia and Asia doubled. The ideal strategy is to push their forces south. So, Egypt was trying to push south, take the seaports, and proceed to conquer Yemen. By doing so, the Egyptians would be able to take Jerusalem, surrounding them on both sides. In 1174, the alliance between the rebels of Sudan and the reigning Qaz Abdullah were suppressed by Shah's forces. So, Sudanese and Ethiopians, some of those alliances began, began to rekindle, began to reaffirm themselves like, hey, we are family, we are supposed to be united. Being able, now, being able to receive imports and goods from India and China able to, you know, would enable them to fuel their campaign against these, these outsiders. Many sources claim that Saladin was only involved in crusade fight against the Europeans. This is true. However, his brother, Tehran Shah, campaigned the Southern Front. The Southern Front. His brother in Egypt was trying to push south Nubia and try to crush the Ethiopians, cross to Yemen, go up to Jerusalem. As the centuries turned, so did the ties of war in East Africa. The Ethiopian people saw themselves as a chosen people, direct descendants of ancient Israel. Their ritualistic belief stems from the Old Testament, according to Shillington 1270 AD, and new line of kings emerged under the banner of the Solomon dynasty. They justified their ascent into power by claiming that they were direct descendants of King Solomon, Queen of Sheba, her son, Menelik I. It is also believed that Menelik I received the Ark of the Covenant. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church in Aksum believes that the Ark is located in the chapel of the tablet at the Church of Our Lady Saint Mary, Lady Mary of Zion. Centuries later, 1529, a Muslim general by the name of Ahmad bin Ibrahim saw Christian Ethiopia as a constant threat. He tried to raise a war against them, but he lost. So, the history of the Crusades in East Africa is seldom written about or even discussed. These Crusades happened centuries before the European uh, crusades and they were still waging centuries after. However, they played an important role in breaking down the Egyptian forces as a result weakened the AUB uh, dynasty and the trickle-down effect was felt in future campaigns against other militaries in Europe. East Africa for centuries was since the 6th, uh, basically the 6th century AD on to now was a Christian nation. Fatimis tolerated their views while others did not. Ethiopia and Sudan maintained economic status by trading India and China along their various seaports. 
prominent uh, crusades in the medieval period were only prominent because of records were kept, be it accurate or not. But the main idea is this. These three nations were once unified, were once together, and became divided because of different ideologies. But once the people of East Africa was able to stand and become unified, that's when Ethiopia of all the nations became and maintained her sovereignty. Think about that. They truly believe in the principle of being of united we stand, divided we fall. In doing so, they was able to withstand the Arab and European ravages of war. If we as African people today will hold fast to the principle of unity today, we will be able to fortify ourselves as a stronghold in society that cannot easily be broken. This is King Cam on June Bay's podcast. On June Bay meets message, and today's message is the East African Crusades. If you like what you hear, you can hit the follow button. Or if you'd like to share, share. There's much more to come. We have much more to discuss. And if you would like to um, sponsor the show, let me know. Message me. Or if you'd like to um, be a guest on the show. We can make that happen as well. Once again, in Cam in June Base Podcast, and I will talk to you later.